gentlemen, boys and girls, RFK Refugees Podcast. Ted here. John is here. We are here a little bit later show in the week. This is going to be sort of a special, special show, um, a different show uh, than what we normally do. Uh, we will be back next week with a full live show. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit um, uh, about a certain person who owns the uh, team that we spend most of our time talking about. Um, who who recently had an interview? We want to uh, first let's, let's let's go ahead and let's thank uh, the people of Tried and True for being generous enough um, to allow us to use their audio um, to to talk about this. Uh, before we get into that, John, um, how are you doing, my friend? How how was your how was your week been? It's been good. This is a weird for us Thursday uh, Thursday recording, mm-hmm. which is I think you know. In the old days, we used to do it sort of really whenever before we decided that having a strict schedule was probably good for people being able to know when our show would be out. But it's been a it's you know it's been a week like every other week for the last eight months. How about you? Yeah, it's been uh, work work from home, um, and that's been uh, that's it's been about it. It's been mostly mostly what I've been doing. So the holiday season lull is hitting. I am I am going to be thirty by the end of the month. Hey. So I am not not looking forward to that um, mm. at all. But uh, but yeah, it's been it's been pretty much the lull. So um, but uh, yeah. So in case if you haven't, if you aren't as in tuned and 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 you just listen to us, which we thank you for yeah, listening. Sweet. Um, <laughs> but uh, what if we but, were the only podcast that some people listen to? Like they didn't listen to any other podcast except for <laughs> that would be amazing. If that's you, please let me know. I'm very curious if we are the only podcast you listen to. I will send you a sticker. I, I do find it hard that people would not listen. You know. When we talk about this team, and and actually, I have a I have a blog post that is sitting there, and I'll probably maybe make some changes to it based on based on uh, what we're about to talk about. Um, but the the biggest problem I think that DC United has as a team is that no one is no one is out there telling people all the great, even if it's complete BS, which a lot of the times with a lot of teams it is, and we'll, and we'll get into some of what I think Levian does here. Um, in a little bit, um, but no one's out there spreading the good word about the team. Oh, look, you know, we have this identity. We weren't, we were, we're going to do this. We're trying to do thing, you know, things a little differently. We're trying to, you know, we're going to sign this player. And I think that's a huge problem. And, and it sort of has severed that connection with the fans and they really haven't had it, uh, since Kevin Payne was sort of unceremoniously shown the door and Kevin Payne had several, uh, several, several different flaws. Uh, but saying what he thought the vision of the team was, the direction of the team, the the direction was not one of them. And, and that's kind of gone. Um, so I was writing that blog post and then I hear, oh, Jason Levian's going to be on the show. Well, it's like he had some secret way to access that blog post. And so we, <laughs> we held off on posting that. Um, we asked the people, like I said, on Triage, if you want to listen to the full interview, uh, go check out the Tried and True podcast. Uh, just Twitter search tried and true it's on stitcher and itunes podcast uh we want to thank them for allowing us uh to to sort of use their audio i guess we could have done it but we thought it was nice to be like yeah well you know we're 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 about we're about friendship here we're about a friendship Uh, this is our first uh rfk refugee live react series this is like this is very this is very twitch of us to do this but that's Um, what we're doing so let let's start let's start a little light. Uh, let's start with uh, he talked a little bit. They asked him. I actually I I, I picked a lot of these clips out. Um, I'm not sure what the exact question was, but he did talk a little bit about Ben Olsen, and there's been sort of a lot made about what his role is in sort of the club now. Um, you know, there've been talks about him going elsewhere. 
and 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 Jason gets a little into that. So uh, let let's start there. I think that's a good place to start. You know, it's probably good for Penn too in some ways because it's a it's a grind. You know, and 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 being a coach for that long for a decade uh, for for any team, it, it it can wear on you. And um, I think that Ben's going to go on and do great stuff. I think he's he's already um, you know advising us on on soccer related decisions, including. Um, you know, weighing in on, on our managerial uh, selection process. Um, we we want to get him more involved as we build out the training facility because his perspective, having been with the team for so long, so, you know, a couple of decades as a player and a, and a coach, um, you know, we're building our training facility now and his perspective on how that's going to work best and how to structure that is important. Uh, there's a key design element component to that as well. Um, so I'm really you know, as hard as that decision was, first of all, he's such a classy professional that, you know, he handled it with grace, um, just as I expected he would. Um, and, and, and also with a little bit of frustration, cause he's a fighter and he, you know, I know he, he wanted to go out, uh, in a different way as the manager of the team. Um, but, you know, I think, I think overall, I think Ben's going to play an important role. We're still sort of working through the elements of that role. Um, and, and that's going to take some time. And over the course of the year, we're going to do that. All right, John. So I, I have my thoughts. I have, I have, I've kind of, I've listened to this once I've listened to it again when I sort of picked out this clip. So I've had several times, I guess, to, 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 to fester over my answer. <laughs> I, I want your, I want your, your sort of gut reaction, gut reaction to, to what you just hear there. Yeah. So just to be clear, Ted has heard these before I, I'm heard, I'm hearing these now on, on the go. I would say I've been at jobs before where there's been a changeover and I have remained and I'm important to the organization, quote unquote, uh, because of the things I know and the and the experiences I've had. But I, you can also tell when uh, when it's the writings on the wall. And I think that he's under contract for next year for certain. We know that I think they're very much trying to figure out what they could have him do. But it seems very much like they're great. Uh, he'll help us design the facility in Loudon because of his experience. I, I I think it's clear that Jason doesn't have a lot of negative things to say about Ben. It, it's clear that firing him was not a thing that he relished. It's not a thing he was in a hurry to do, quite obviously. Um, but I also feel like this is sort of a square peg round hole. And I bet the best thing for Ben would be to find a job elsewhere doing what he actually wants to do versus trying to figure out, trying to be the the facilities designer or whatever, whatever they, whatever they have them think, think about doing. And I guess the, the, the one thing I want to sort of as an aside, and I'll, and I'll get to a little more of my answer. Cause I, I think I echo maybe a little bit um, about what, about what you're, what you're saying. I, I think one thing I did learn, there's not, I, I, I was hoping, I guess maybe for a little more from this interview and I'll get into that. Um, but one thing I did learn is that, is that th- I do not doubt that Jason Levian does not care about the team uh, cares and wants the team to be successful. His methods about how he gets there, we can certainly take criticism of, but I think there are a lot of fans out there. And what I uh, what I push against a little bit is the outright negativity that this is just a real estate scheme, that he he's going to sell the club, he's, he doesn't have any interest in the club. I, I think, if anything, this is a team he wants to be successful in. And um, I, I, I do think he... 
listens maybe a little bit, whether he cares. That's a certainly, you know, oh, yes, we, we definitely, you know, we hear you fans. We want you, we, you know, but I think he does have his finger a little bit on the pulse now um, of, of sort of what's going on in the fan base. Uh, now, he may he may not agree with some of the and some of the people I've heard talk. I would not listen to them. Um, you yeah, <laughs> stay off Twitter, maybe, Jason. Yes. Those those people maybe know who they are. But I do think he does have a sense where he is. He is he is at least aware um, that, 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 that things are not going well, uh, with the team. And I think he does talk a little bit about that in the interview and we'll get to that more. But, um, as, as far as what you say about Ben, I, I, I would agree. I think there is a sense of what are we going to do? Oh, well, uh, the training facility, uh, you know, the coaching search, he's going to help us with that. Uh, I would be very surprised if after 2021, he is back in DC. I think he will say, thanks. I'm good. Um, unless there's something, he just gets enamored with and, and involved with. Um, I think it's a ba- I think I think this is a back uh, a a backup plan for him, right? Like it's money coming in the door. Yeah. So he's gonna spend this winter and early spring trying to see if there's something else where it's actually a job that he wants to do. And if he doesn't find one, then he'll take this make work job so that he can pay the bills and keep the lights on of his art studio. And I don't blame him one bit. Um, one more thing about Jason, and we'll, and I'm sure we'll get into this more with 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 other parts of this, but. If you think back to the one thing fans know, and I say fans know, I mean like people who pay way too much attention to this, like people who listen to our show. If there's one thing that fans know, the last time that Jason got involved in something was with the supporters group issue at the at the beginning of the stadium. And he weighed in and uh, it, you know, got better. I think the, the most people, most people would say it got better. Most of the parties involved were not necessarily made whole. They didn't all get what they wanted necessarily, but they all started to come into games, uh, and the and the stands were no longer empty. And that was because I I don't remember who it was now, but basically somebody you know uh, buttonholed him at a at an event and was like, "This is what's going on. I don't know if you know this, but here's the here are the five things that are happening." And it was you know as I remember it, it was very much like, "Oh, I you know I didn't know that. I didn't realize it was that bad. Let me talk to some people." So I think, you know, he's the managing partner, right? I, I think that he's he is he is the the head cheese, and he is at least local compared to Steve Kaplan, who I'm not I'm not sure is local. He might be. Um, so it's an open question on like where his head is at with the team, like what he focuses, what he spends most of his time on. I do not. I think that I think that it's it's fair, as you say, to assume that he does care about this team doing well. He does not not care about anything. He knows some of what's going on. I don't think he, I think he pays people to pay attention to other things that he doesn't really want to pay attention to. Like some of, some of the feet, some of the pushback, some of the, I think that's just, you know, some, some leaders are different. Like they, that's how they delegate. They, they know that they don't have the bandwidth to to manage everything. So they pick what they're going to do and they delegate the rest. And that may be this. And he does talk a little bit about um, his ownership of Swansea that comes up. I le- I'm leaving it out of this conversation, kind of keeping it more solely on DC. Uh, but if you want to check that out, um, but but I, I, th- I think you you do have a, a good point there. And I mean, this is probably the most involved of the projects because he had to build the stadium. Um, and you know, trust me, he he is not a he is not a stupid guy. He knows that the way you get going to get people in the door is if, is if this team is successful and, and there, there are many legitimate criticisms about the stadium and, and, and sort of the, and sort of how it is and how it looks and how it, how it's designed. I think it is still a fairly good place to watch a soccer game mm-hmm. um, when it is packed and full and rocking. Like we saw last part of 2018, uh, it was incredibly fun to be there. Uh, so I, I think that still exists um, 
And I think he understands that, that, you know, the, the, a good stadium is only going to get you so far. If the product's bad, no one's going to want to show up, um, you know, so and I, and I think and let's 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 get into let's jump in. Um, let's jump into he talks a little bit about the 2021 roster. And I and I have some I have some. Well, actually, no, no, no. Let's let's go to the new coach. I think that's the that's the hot button, hot button subject. So let's start with the uh, with the new coach. You know, I, the process has been a long one, and I apologize if, if, if some fans are restless about it. Um, but, you know, we really want to make the right selection. And Dave Casper and Stuart Mayers um, have taken the lead on that decision. Myself, my partner, Steve Kaplan, have been very involved. Sam Porter's been involved. Uh, we've gotten Ben Olsen involved. Um, and we, we've done a lot of work uh, trying to figure out um, – you know exactly how we what how we want to play, what our style of play is going to be, um, what that philosophy is going to be that's going to lead us, um, and and who our field general as a coach is going to be. And so, uh, you know, I would say that Dave has probably talked to twenty five to thirty candidates. He's vetted that down um, for for us, um, and we've had meetings with a handful of candidates already. Um, they've presented their ideas about our team. It's been really interesting to hear um you know their thoughts uh, after they prepare on our team on some of our young players some of our veteran players um you know how they would, would go about leading this team um what pieces they think we need to add to the roster in order to be successful um you know all of that has been uh you know quite uh, a positive process i would say quite a positive process um so he 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 does lean in. So this is when I get into okay. I think he understands sort of the 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 pulse of the of the team. Um, this or is, or comes be like right before he had this meeting. Like couple notes. One one thing you should know <laughs> as you talk about the new coach. Uh, there are people that are mad. So that it's one of that. Either he knows it or he was recently told it. And and, and but that's I mean hey he, he either he way got it. either way either way he 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 addresses it um in saying that. You know, he, 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 it's a long process, and right now it even looks like an even longer process because you have teams that lost their coach much, much. I mean, right now what what what, what golf has insinuated, and and this has come to with uh, Steve Birnbaum's uh, surgery, is that DC is betting heavily that they will de- they will not be a ball kicked until like April um or may or something like that they are betting heavily on that um and that is a i'm not going to call it a bad bet because i think there's a lot of things going on with the labor strifes and, and a lot of other things that i think it might actually be a pretty good bet um but it is it is concerning for the team you know he talks about the 25 to 30 candidates so that's great hey I could say I called 50 or 60, you know, I could call 50 or 60 businesses and, and, and at the beginning, that's great. Hey, great. You're, 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 you're setting a questing a wide net. You're trying to talk to people. Uh, when you're at month three or four, it's kind of like, all right, but you know, who are the guy, you know, you, you've had basically two coaches. You said, this is our guy. We're going to hire, you know, we're going to work to hire him and then it falls apart. Um, so that's not, that's not great. And some of it, you know, is maybe not. And there, there is a narrative that, oh, it's they don't want to pay him. They don't want to pay him. I don't think it's that. Yeah, I, I really don't think it's that either. I think there's a lot there's a lot more that goes into a coach. It's not like you go you walk in 
I think people have this idea that in other jobs I know do have this, that, you know, how much control do I get? You know, is it the right fit? Is it what I want to do? But I would argue, you know, when I got, you know, when I applied for my last job, the big question was, how much am I going to get paid? You know, I know what the job <laughs> is. You know, I know what I'm going to be, well, I know sort of what the job is and what I'm going to be doing. How much am I getting paid? Um, so I think everybody has that mindset. Oh, it's got to be payment. It's like, well, it's like, running a soccer team is a lot more, you're, you're going into a position Anyone taking this position, this is, you know, the, yeah, they want to be here for, you know, a while, but Gonzalo Pineda, Chris Armas, they're all thinking like, I want to see, I want to, I want to be prepared to do the best possible job I can. And then hopefully something else, you know, maybe I have in the back of my head that something else comes down the line, you know, maybe an opportunity in Europe, maybe an opportunity elsewhere that that's a step up. Um, so, you know, I want to know what, you know, what kind of control I'm going to have. And I think that's what it comes down to a lot with DC, because I don't know how much freedom any coach in here is going to get with the roster. Um, they might just be told, here are the players, figure it out. Um, and, th- and that's the nature of the contract situations they're in um, and-, and the nature of when they decided to make this decision. I think if they made this decision last year, they would be in a much better position with a the coach. They would have a coach by now. Um, and, and they would be in a much better position than they are now, but they, they made the decision they made, they built a roster with the coach and now they've got a bunch of contracts they can't get out of. So it is what it is with that. Yeah. I, I think, I think that the narrative around money, I think is good that we call that out already. I think too, um, it seems very much like the labor situation has enabled them to expand their search. Uh, the latest from golf now is that there are a lot more international options than there were until up until very recently. Up until now, it was very much domestic domestic assistant coaches from good teams. Um, you know, one fanciful international choice that that sort of seemed to come out of nowhere, Jill Ellis, which sort of came out of nowhere. Um, and that's then that was it. Sort of the 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 aspirations were not super high. Um, at the beginning, and we all sort of, you know, made our choices among those options. Who would we most like to have? And uh, it seems like that they now know that since they're going to have a little bit more time, and maybe maybe the financial picture is drawing into sharper focus as they understand what the and we'll talk about this next week. But what the the, the proposal is from the owners uh, and the response from the players' union about what that what that looks like and what that's going to mean. I think as those things draw into sharper focus, maybe they're able to plan a little bit further out and say, okay, well, you know, we weren't really comfortable committing to a long-term deal with someone that has more of a, uh, you know, uh, a CV, more of a creden- more credentials. Um, we were just going to go with somebody that was an assistant who was trying it out for the first time, basically. And that's, and that's, and, that, and we all said, that's fine. Like that's, there's something to that. That's a, that's a value. And, and that's exciting because it's, they're going to want to put a stamp on the team. They're going to want to have a distinct play style because that's how they build their name as a coach. But it's also possible that they said, all right, well, we know we, we feel like we can look two or three years down the line. We know COVID will not be here forever. We know fans are not going to be locked out of the stadium forever. Uh, and, and we know that, you know, money will come back in at some point and maybe we'll feel comfortable making a, a, a sort of a, and like you alluded to before on the contracts, it's going to take a while before this, this, this manager's going to able to really put his uh, personnel stamp on the team. So say we're going to give three or four years to a coach that's done it somewhere before we know they have a track record. Instead of just saying, we're going to, we're going to gamble on you. You're going to gamble on us as an assistant coach and we'll see how it goes. Let's make a let's make a longer term commitment so that we give our both sides time to be what we want it to be. 
we we would love to have a coach. I would love to be talking to this coach on next week's podcast, <laughs> um, and, and really getting a feel for where they where they want to be in twelve months and in, in, uh, twenty four months. Uh, but it's okay. Like right now, it doesn't matter. Nothing matter. Nothing. It's all about like uh, just us wanting resolution on this. It's not any practical thing. The draft is coming, and it would sure it would be great if a coach was there for that. But also if if it's an international coach, they're not. They don't know. <laughs> they don't watch college soccer. It doesn't make a difference. So why not have the people who actually pay attention to it make that pick? I think that's fine. Yeah, you're you're gonna have you're gonna have your your Dave Caspers. The, those guys. The coach is gonna lean on those guys. Maybe maybe if you hired a guy today, you could say, well, here 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 are four players. Here's some tape on them. Let us know what you think. Um, I I would actually I would actually be I would not be surprised if DC trades this this number four draft pick for some for some allocation money. Um, I don't be surprised if that happens. I think they, that's the last the last time they had a high pick. That's what they did. Like they traded for like two hundred thousand dollars in 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 general allocation money. Or they so, pick best available center back with uh, Burnbaum out and hope that it works out. Yeah, yeah, and they do they do do the best available. So we'll we'll get into the draft. Um, this Next is a week. weird year. Usually I have my sort of one finger on the draft. Like I used to watch some college soccer. I knew who Daryl DK was obviously because <laughs> I watched some UVA. Um, this is I think the first time I do not know who is in the draft. I know there's a guy from tech that apparently everybody's high on it. So we are bringing on the expert. We're going to talk also a little NWSL draft too with that, I'm sure. Um, but, but back, back to the coach. Uh, I think, I think you hit on a lot of, a lot of good points there. Um, and you know, it, it's also with the COVID situation, we don't know what training camp is going to look like. We don't know what, you know, you're not, no one's traveling to Florida like they usually do. So what a coach coming in now. Yeah, they're going to get some training sessions, but they're not going to get a real sense of like what they have and what they do. So I think every team, they're going to be the teams that hire the new coaches are going to be the ones that are going to be trying to figure it out. Um, so I think, I think that's, that, that's a good, that's a good way to put it. So, and, and hopefully we have a coach soon. Hopefully we have somebody we can talk about. Um, let's get into the, like talks a little bit about the roster uh, coming up for 2021. And I have some, some thoughts on that. Well, I think, you know, I think my, our aspirations with regard to players are getting the right mix, the right chemistry. I think, listen, I think that there was a big vacuum left with the departure of Wayne and Lucho uh, in 2020. And we, we certainly made an investment in, you know, Paul Ariel and um, Edison Flores and uh, Julian Gressel uh, to try to fill, to change sort of the narrative on our team. Um, and I think that this year, our hope and expectation is that we ha- we can sort of build the right mix of veteran players with- and our young and up and coming players. Um, you know, I think that I think that you know Kevin Paredes, Griffin Yao, Moses Nyman, Donovan Pines in particular, um, we're excited about uh, some of the, the players coming through Loudon as well. Um, but I think those guys got an opportunity to play more uh, this season um, and 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 get more experience and and be more ready for for the 2021 year. Could you be more generic there, Mr. Jason Levy? And I, I'm sorry that 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 answer. Oh, we want to get a good mix of veteran and young players. Well, okay, so a soccer team is what you're a a, a 21st century professional soccer team. I, I'm going to give sorry, him a that, charitable reading of what that means. Yes. Here's what, here's here if I, if I'm being charitable, here's what I hear on that. We we lost voices in the locker room that could play. We we signed Iguain last year that didn't work out. Um. There are there's a vacuum of players who can play and who also have been there before and can and can push people around and tell them what's what. 
I think Wayne had a lot to do with that. And he was right. You know, when Wayne and Lucha left, it was both a leadership vacuum and a, and a giant talent vacuum. Um, that, that clear, obvious. It, to me, it sounds like if we're going to sign a player, it's just going to, it's, I don't want to, it's not like a Jeff Lorenowitz type, <laughs> but someone who's going to slot in somewhere who has, who has been through the wars, who's an, maybe a longtime MLS veteran or a longtime veteran somewhere else, who's not going to be here a long time, not a long contract. And, and sort of seeing out seeing out their career being being in that role that would make sense to me uh, with the rest of the players that are on this team. I will note also that I'm that I'm I, <laughs> I'm laughing that Jason also can uh, would not be able to remember Edison Flores' name on a quick. <laughs> that is my disease. That well, for yeah. some reason because he played so little, that name just does not pop into my brain ever. To, to to give him credit in the interview, he he dropped a lot of names of a lot of players, um, and that tells me. Well, he cuts those checks on the ones that are being paid above the. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so well, well, there there is one part of the interview he talks about how much he 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 cheered when when Paul Ariola stepped up. So he thinks very highly of 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 Paul Ariola. I I guess the I I I have talked about this. This is I I just wish DC would commit. I wish he would have said in this. If I'm talking about what I wish he would have said, I wish he said, look, you know. We really want to, we really, and he does mention them. He does mention Moses Nyman. He does mention, um, you know, Griffin Yao, Kevin Predis, all those guys. And that's great. And he says, hey, you know, we want to give them opportunities. We think they're more ready for 2021. And that's great to hear. Um, I, I wish he would have maybe pressed the issue and said, you know, we want to, we want to, we want to really be a, a place to develop those guys and, mm-hmm. and, and, and really be a place of identity because, and, and we'll get into sort of his future, what he thinks of the future of the club and, and what he wants to do. But it, it's a nature of MLS right now. You're either, right now, you are either a team, you're three types of teams. There are teams that are development, Philly, Dallas. They are purely here to develop players. Yes, they will sign some minor international players but their number one goal is is to develop players and sell them on and they're doing that now and philly's doing that uh especially too uh number two there are the teams that dc are in right now where they are trying to do both things and it's not working out well uh in my opinion they're trying to oh we're gonna splash some cash here we're gonna be build a a well very well-rounded team and then there are the teams like la tfc seattle that are perennial contenders who who when they they spend the money to build the roster that they want, um, LAFC and, and the likes. And uh, the Galaxy have the potential to be that if they can be less of a joke in other in other capacities. And being right now, it feels like we're we're just trying to straddle between two ideas that are very conflicting. And I have no problem if they, but I'm saying you need to pick what direction you're going. Are you going to be a team that's going to develop players? That's great. That's the direction I think you should go, especially if you don't have a lot of money, that you're not willing to spend a lot of money. You're not willing to go out and get a Carlos Vela. You're not willing to go out and get a a Christian Pavon. Um, You know, this city loves its hometown stars. It loves the players that come in here. Alex Ovechkin comes in as a as a draft pick, and he becomes sort of a a, a homegrown hero, so to speak. Um, you look at some players for the Nationals that have become. I mean, we are we are sort of the one city where, and you look and you look at who who DC fans talk about. We talk about Annie Nahar. We talk about Bill Hamid. We talk about those players because they came here and they and they made a name for themselves as as young developing talent. And we feel much more of an attachment to those players. And I think it's something that could work here. It could make the team actually put themselves on the map in D.C. If if we become a team that is selling players $10, 15000000 million you know, to Europe 
on a regular basis, that's that that becomes huge. If if people are watching the the amount of soccer knowledge and, and football IQ just of the general game is is hugely prolific here. So I think that's the direction you go. And and this again was just kind of more of the well we're, we want to build a well balanced roster. Okay, well that we've been doing that since uh, since since 2010 and it hasn't worked out very well. I think I think that's a better question for for Dave Casper. Fair. I think if we were able to get him. I think I think he might have a little bit more of a of a sophisticated answer for that. But um, yeah, I, I, I'm 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 generally with you. I think that was that's an owner's answer, um, and I think that it would be nice. We're we're you and I. This this show has long said like uh, if you're going to be bad, be interesting, and if you're it's gonna, if you're not going to win now, have a plan. Um, and and that's really still what we're looking for. And I think that'll once the manager comes into place, and Dave and Dave Casper has an opportunity to sort of I, he always does media at the beginning of the year. Maybe maybe we'll get him on the show this year to sort of talk about, you know. I, I think we have reasonable questions, and I and I bet you that, you know, we'll probably get a little bit of PR speak, and that's fine. That's sort of his job. But I also think that there's a possibility that we'll get a little clarity for, you know, maybe where we're mistaken, or or maybe where we where it's actually going the way we think it is. We just can't tell. Who knows? Yeah. Let's find out. All right. Let's get into. I think I kind of gave away. Uh, a little bit of this answer, but we're going to get Levin. Levin sort of talks a little bit sort of about the long-term future. So let's uh, jump to that right now. Um, we, you know, when I think about the vision for the club, it's about sustained success. It's about, um, you know, use our best practices on the pitch. It's about, um, you know, we think we've got the best location for a stadium in all of major league soccer, right downtown in buzzard point in an area that's growing and getting even more exciting and using that to our advantage making it an awesome atmosphere that just drives excitement on game days, as I mentioned, and also not on game days. Um, but on the pitch, it's about performing. It's performing at a high level. It's, you know, having a, a belief every time we play that we have a really good chance to win um, because uh, our players know that's culture and what we're doing. Um, and so we've got to get back to that. I mean, that was something certainly in the early days that DC United had. The league is in a vastly different place now. It's much more challenging. There are more teams in the league. There are more players from all over the world in the league. Um, the talent level is higher. Um, but my vision for DC United is that we are at the forefront of the growth of soccer in America. That the di- I think he says a little bit more there. I kind of cut it off a little bit early. I think I, I got, you know, it's what it's the answer that we have that we have seen a couple times in, in, you know, oh, I want this to be sustained success, you know. It's sort of a it's sort of a caveat of the same answer. It's uh, it doesn't indicate to me that anything is really is really going to change, and that's that's a little that's a little, that's a little sad to me. I, I wish there was a better sense of where the team was going. Um, and that was also the our our question that we put in there. So thanks again to Sam on Tried and True for for throwing that question in there. Um, I mean, to be fair, it was that that's the question to put people on the spot, right? And I think that I think that he he played the comp- he played the party line there. Again, I understand it because that's you know, that's sort of the, that's sort of the gig. But, you know, we you and I won't be happy until we have a we have a laid out plan and we say mm-hmm. that we're going to develop these players. Until the marketing strategy for DC United is watch the stars of Barcelona today before they play for Barcelona. Like until it's sort of like, like this is, this is where the, 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 the future stars of world soccer are going to get their opportunities. They're going to, they're going to represent from DC and you're going to see them one day. Um, and that's, and unless you're going to compete on a financial standpoint with the rest of the league, like that's really the best, 
that's the best way forward to get people in the seats from, mm-hmm. from my perspective. Um, yeah, it's not, it's a, yes, I would hope that we are, I, I, it makes sense that he focused on the stadium, right? Like that is, that's a, that's a, that's the business element of this is like, uh, the casuals are motivated by shiny new objects, comfortable seating, good food, um, convenience, the, the, the sports book, all those things. Sure, yes, absolutely. That's but that's not that's not us. That's not necessarily what we loved RFK. So that's not what drove us clearly. Yeah, and 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 you know, again, I, I talk you know talk about the stadium. He he did talk a little bit about um, the. I think he was asked about the sports book. Over at DraftKings, I think uh, the Nationals Park is now going with BetMGM um, or MGM. So, um, I, I, so I'm much sh- sports betting, just yeah. just all the sports betting you could possibly get within a three block radius of each other. Yeah, so I don't I don't know how that's going to impact their business. I'm sure they're not very happy about that, considering that stadium is right next door and and much and much more well known. Um, though, you know, I, I guess. That that all is good. You know, I'm I'm excited about the sports betting. I'm going to check it out once yep. this COVID craziness exit us and I get to go up for a game and actually place a bet. Um, and, and, you know, I'll be curious to see what, what the whole setup is. And it might be a cool place to, it, it might, he might be right. It might be a cool place to, 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 to hang out and to hang around. And that, and that would certainly uh, help drive up revenue for the team and, and help, you know, fund a lot of things that they, that they want to do. Um, I think he, he does hit a point about, you know, where the stadium location is. And this is, this is what I harp everybody, everybody's playing, Oh man, look at FC Cincinnati Stadium. Look at Columbus's stadium. Man, we don't have that at DC. Oh, we could have had. I'm like, for, first of all, first of all, no, we probably couldn't have. Maybe we get, you know, there's not as nearly enough room. There's plenty of room. There's more room in Columbus. There is more room in Cincinnati. They're even not building. The stadium is actually built on sort of the Kentucky side of the Ohio of the Ohio board. It's still very close because Cincinnati's right there. But there is not most stadiums did not have to deal with what DC had to deal with as far as land costs and everything. And they built a pretty darn good stadium, in my opinion, the, the amount they had to squeeze in there. So, and that's, and that's what we all wanted. We all wanted that location Yep. and we really couldn't be choosers. Uh, nope. There have been plenty of, plenty of things that have fallen by the wayside um, as far as that goes. So uh, yeah, there's an argument. Yeah. They could have moved. I think the easement, maybe that would have given him more room and we all it, want a roof. Yeah, we all want a roof. We all want those things. Um, again, it's still a, it's still a good, it's still a good place to watch a game, in. and I think he does highlight that, and that sort of is the business angle, um, you know. But I think you need to know that, you know, he, he does know that there needs to be a good product on the field because no one's going to come out if there's not a good product. So, um, and you know, I look at the roster now, and I say this is a playoff team based on what I see. There is talent here to make the playoffs. Pius, is that eighth place? Is that eighth place in twenty twenty one? For me, if, if 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 things go well, it's it's as high as fourth. Okay, in my opinion, that is the ceiling of this team right now, unless they make a major signing somewhere down the road, which I don't think is going to happen. Um, it, lowest is obviously missing the playoffs, and in kind of I think what we saw. Um, so it's just it is more of the you know you wish you wish this team had a direction and i think you hit the you hit the point right on the head um you know it's it's about we would love this team to be you know hey let's get the future stars in this is a really soccer affluent community it's yep. not we're not you know Wayne Rooney was great and the guy but you know if 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 people know hey i'm going to watch a player who's going to be really good it's getting a lot of attention i think that would bring people in i think that's um, a good point to focus on actually you're right like think of if you look at the if you look at the the premier premier league and uh, other other league uh, watch uh, TV ratings. We always rank in the top one, two, three, four, five. And, and if you and if you and if you set it up as saying 
you're going to watch this guy. He's 16 years old right now. He's going to play here till he's 19 years old. He's going to go play in the first division in Germany, and you're going to be able to watch those. You're already watching them, and now you're going to have another reason to root. Yeah, and, and it's not just it's not just uh, it's not just DC, Richmond, where I'm from, yep. always near that top. Newport News out in Virginia Beach. That that is a that is a market. That is a market that you are you know especially closer south. Mate, with Charlotte coming in, you don't have the you were the furthest south team for such a long time. Now you, you don't have that ability anymore. So uh, I mean that that's a market you need to capture. Soccer is is incredibly popular here in Richmond. Incredibly. And I bet our TV ratings are for DC United that are garbage in the rest of the parts of Virginia. Yeah. I would and, imagine. And it's and and I will say, you know, if I talk about you talk about the glory days of, of DC, there was a really, really engaged community of of DC fans here in Richmond. And that has very much waned off. And a large part of that is because the kickers have stepped up and they've said, Hey, you know, why drive two hours to DC, come to our games, you know, less money and it's just as fun. And I I it has it has Knocked down the number of games I have attended. Uh, a lot of that, uh, a lot of because of that, and and it's it, there are a lot of people that used to be really engaged in DC and not much engaged in the kickers, and that has completely flipped. Um, I've talked to one who was actually a leader of the RVA DC group, a good friend of mine, and I've asked him, hey, you know, how, are you like more DC or more Richmond? And he said, I'm I'm more Richmond right now. They're doing more to reach out to me. They're doing more to 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 keep me involved and connected. So. Um, it, 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 it bids the point that there is a market to be had in the Virginia area that is always very high in, you know, premier league ratings. So I think it's, it, it's a good, it's a good method to take. Um, so thank you all for that. We hope you guys enjoyed it. If you can, if you want to listen to the full interview, tried and true DCU has the full interview. Um, there's a lot of stuff in there that we really didn't have time to get to, um, that I think is certainly worth, worth listening to. Um, let's, uh, let's do a little bit of news and notes. Obviously the, uh, apparently, really long super draft. I stayed for a couple rounds of that draft. It went till um, midnight. Yeah, it went till midnight. I and, went, there are, I, and there are nine teams, and it went that long. They really got to the, the timeout thing has to. They got to knock that off. I, I didn't. I have a Roku stick up in my office, and I was doing some some work, and I could not get Twitch on on Roku, uh, so I was a little bit disappointed in that. Um, but I, I did watch sort of the first few the first few picks. Uh, obviously, the big headlining pick for the Spirit is Trinity Rodman, uh, uh, daughter of a basketball player. <laughs> that you may have heard of potentially that you may have heard of potentially we won't talk because this is all about you know trinity ramen and i think uh we'll get into a little bit she seems like she's a little she's more of a project um she's young she's 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 a 18 yeah. she's been mistakenly called 20 apparently and she actually i actually saw like there was a retweet of her and i went she literally created a twitter account to put her first tweet out i am 18 i am not 20 <laughs> which is kind of funny it's um, funny it's funny but you know i i think this this sort of it speaks to uh, Richie Burke and the spirit or it's sort of remaking the team. He has almost turned over the entire attacking front of this roster um, in, in a, in a sense. And I think they looked at this as a player who's she, she uh, I believe she was, she had signed up for her. This was supposed to be your freshman year of college. Of course, with COVID and everything, the season didn't happen. And she's like, well, I'm going to go professional. Um, and she ends up being the number two pick. So uh, we're going to get more into that with Travis Clark. Travis Clark watches this a lot more closely than we do. Uh, so look forward to that on Monday. But definitely wanted to to sort of mention that. Um, John, anything else you want to you want to add? Uh, I think the other player to, to look out there is uh, is uh, McKeon, uh, Tara or Tara McCown. Uh, she had a, uh, a 2019 that was banana. She was top 11 for top door soccer uh, in 2019. Scored. Uh, 25 times uh, in junior year she scored uh, 15 goals 
Uh, so we have been talking about, you know, we're, you and I are both still pretty new to this, to the spirit um, beat, so to speak. Uh, but I, the one thing that we have been talking about a lot is lack of finishing from the forward position. Uh, there's been a lot of creativity in the midfield that we like, a lot of a lot of uh, tricksy wingers, and the defense I, I think is, is is as stout or the, is the stoutest defense in the league as far as talent goes. Um, but we need finishing up top. Trinity Rodman uh, is a project for the future. I think that the, we've sort of established that and give her an opportunity to grow. Uh, McCown seems to be uh, not, not necessarily the finished article, uh, but uh, you know, Chris uh, Sanchez has an experience playing with her at USC. Um, I, I think that that's, that's a player that might come in immediately to challenge or at least push um, Ashley Hatch along a little bit. Uh, we there were a lot of movement. We didn't really get into the specifics of all the players that were released recently. Um, but, but by the way, by the way, Ashley Sanchez is UCLA. So is she? Never mind. Well, yes, she yes. tweeted at she she tweeted at her uh, very uh, on on our Instagram. Or she was on our Instagram right after the fact, sounding like they knew each other. Um, but maybe that's just maybe she's just very uh, that's welcome. Some, that's some that's some rivalry there. USC UCLA. Yeah, wow, that's an accidental. <laughs> that's like a VT UVA situation. Like, oh, they went to they went to UVA. I meant Virginia Tech. Yeah. Um, anyway, I, I think that this is a good draft. They were able to, uh, base, they had to buy in their second first round draft, first round pick, uh, from the, sp- uh, from the blue, uh, sky blue, um, that they had traded away uh, previously, I think for the, um, uh, the Emily Sonnet trade that happened. I believe that they, they gave their second first round draft pick away for that. Um, so that they were able, they were able to get back in for, I think a hundred thousand dollars in uh, allocation and then a, second round pick next year. So um, they really, they, they must've wanted that move. Um, they wanted to sort of fill in that forward position. Well, what I, what I found interesting um, is Richie Burke is definitely using the draft to, to build his, to build his squad. Um, and I think they went through like they, they showed up on the board. They showed up like their 29, you know, 2018, 2019, like draft picks. And it's like Paige Nielsen's on there. Um, I, I know Paige Nielsen was the one that stood out, and obviously Ashley Sanchez is on there. So he's definitely using. You know, there's still the international players they're bringing in, but he's definitely using the draft uh, to kind of to kind of build up build up his teams. And and there are players that are getting regular minutes uh, that that are, that that they drafted. Um, so uh, so that that's certainly a, a good thing. And 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 that's what I talk about. I mean, okay, yes, Richie Burke is not telling every nook and cranny, but he also he's out front. And you can see what he's building. Like you say, okay, the, yeah, I can I can discern the direction here that the team is going. Uh, and you can't do that with DC right now. And they're talking about formations. Yeah, they're talking like, about formations. So so you you will you actually get an, a concept of what this team will look like before they even take the field, which is not happening in DC United at the moment. And and I understand the idea of being secretive and being like. Also, oh, I'm sorry. Don't... There's no coach, so obviously not at the moment. I understand that. Just just to be clear. But even right, once there is right. a coach, we but, won't get it. But, you know, when there's a void, you have to figure out how to fill it. And communication is important when talking to teams. And I think that needs to be filled. If it's if there's not a coach, okay, well, then someone needs to be there speaking. And we heard a little bit of that from, from Jason Levian. Um, and it just it, it, it improves that connection to the fans. And, and the, the Spirit have done a really, really good job of this. And I think they can teach DC a thing or two. And also, the Spirit will be for sure playing much sooner. And you can actually watch their games, and there's no question of labor strife. So, actually, just we like I said, we'll get into it next week. I do, I do want to. We had talked earlier about potentially maybe a strike or work stoppage. It it appears that the uh, players association have already ruled out a strike or a work stoppage for next year. So, I believe they will play, and I believe it'll probably be close. Not not necessarily exactly when they wanted to start, because I think 
uh, camp was supposed to start, is it next week? I think so, yeah. I don't think that'll happen, but um, I, I, it does seem like there will be a season this year, and they don't they should not lose a lot of games. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think it was what they presented to the to, to the players, I think they know will not have a unified, oh, no, we're not taking this. It's like, well, I'll take my money now, and, and that's fine. And, but they did. They hit on some points, and I think one of them was, you know, is this actual, you know, financial hardship, or is this opportunism? Um, yeah. So to speak. So uh, and, we'll and get that, into that next week. Yeah, very valid point. Um, anyway, uh, I guess that's it. I guess we'll wrap up the show for t- for for this week. We'll be back on Monday live show. We'll have Travis Clark talking draft. We'll talk more about the Spirit draft. We'll talk more Washington Spirit, labor strifes, all the fun stuff on our regular show. You've been listening to the Art Career Effigies podcast, and we will catch you guys on Monday. Vamos, vamos. Mm-hmm.